Welcome to episode 366 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. Ladies and gentlemen, I do not understand what is wrong. Um, On the surface, everything looks okay. But as I'm looking at my faithful co-host for six years now, He's not wearing his branded scary hat, and it is throwing me off, as that has been a staple of this show for quite some time. Not only for this show, but of his personal stylistic choices. It's Russell John the Fisherman. You're totally right. I didn't even realize I wasn't wearing it. Where's your hat? I, okay, well, the hat I only really wore is the anti-bit against your glasses bit that you borrowed from Tim Dillon. So I wanted to have accessories. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> you, you have to know. I've been doing that long before no. little Tim Dillon got on little Joe Rogan right. and then everybody made him little <laughs> junior Joe Rogan. All right. We'll have to contact his attorneys so they stop trying to sue us for you stealing his visual bit. Also, I did put on a shirt. That, that's probably why. Normally, when I go to add uh, clothing, I had to cover up my, uh, my uh, wife beater. Also, and, Theo Vaughn wears sunglasses too. So, Although I was tempted to show up in my birthday suit. Artie Lang also wears sunglasses. To celebrate your birthday today, Bono also wears something. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. birthday. Randy, don't speak until you've been. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us, Randy Michaelstadt. Thank you, Randy and Oksana Valerinova Osachi. I already wish you a happy birthday. Yes, you did. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's right. So, as, as a birthday gift, could you please give me a one hour episode? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I did get you a birthday gift. Are you excited? No. Why? I'm very nervous. Why? You're going to love it. Is it an hour episode? Uh, we could try. I mean, um, you know, for up top, I, I should say again, I know I promised it last week, but again, no TBR. I realized that the rehearsal roundup is kind of already occupying that spot. Yeah. And we're going to close that out today. So next week, I promise. I know I did last week, but uh, my word is still good. I, I pledge a blood oath to everybody listening. I'll, I'll put a soft timer on the rehearsal thing. Oh, no, I don't. It's a deep one today. Is it? I think so. I don't but know. We'll get into it it's later. Hard. Okay. Um, also, yeah. Uh, a short one would be good for me, too, because we're in the middle of doing the 48 hour film festival. That's so right. we're on crunch time. Yeah. I was uh, writing a script all last night. We got in at two and I knew I had to do this. So I didn't really have time to crunch film. But. It's your birthday, so if you want to do an hour episode, let's do it. Let's do it. I'll end this. And uh, do you want to know what your gift is? Kookaburra wings. No. Very shameful. What? It's nothing tangible. Come on. Your love and appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> I, we made a Discord server for you. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really know how to use it yet, but Randy's in there. We're going to figure this thing out. And I met with the Barely Functional Gamer guys. They showed me how to do a live stream basically on there so we're good i'm gonna get you out there what, dude. what is my responsibilities with this honestly what i'm thinking is that we end up populating a our own corner of the internet with memes that we like i got a lot from the rehearsal that i would love to share in there am i gonna have to like get onion links for this all you're gonna have to you may right, have do to, i need an onion link <laughs> i don't think so you're gonna have to download a tour browser that is part of it i what? just learned what onion links were this week <laughs> i'm very excited <laughs> It's a great bratwurst, right? <laughs> and uh, well, Randy's our tour guide now. I know. He Ooh, really he's is. our tour guide. Ooh. He'll take you into the heart of Charlotte's net. And 
what you, basically what I think we could do is show films that we couldn't legally show otherwise, like hidden in our Discord. But we could live stream it. I don't know. Maybe we could set up like, uh, remember forever ago, the like Overlook Tonight idea we had, which was like the late night show. Uh, yes, it's. I think about it every day of my well, life. Well, okay. Like how we just watched like your mom's house. Yeah. We were kind of talking about doing a riff on that. We, I think we could do that through Discord, and it would be with only people we wanted there. Randy, did you have any interest in in doing that? Did, uh, we watched the uh, Your Mom's House live this week. Uh, sort of, yeah. I'll do one of them one of these days, but I just I forgot about it this week. I feel like, yeah, Ru- Russ, you kind of hit it on the head. Like this is. This was a great, I, I think that this one hit all the notes they wanted to. They're doing their own stuff. You know, it, it, uh, that's the thing. Like it's, it's all self-produced. Yeah. And do they put money in these things? Yeah. Now, Cause I imagine they're making some money for sure. And what Tom and Christina have done with your mom's house is nothing short of, you know, um, miraculous. Like they are. They have like their own little empire of the internet. And the reason why I love these live shows and I like the live studio shows. I haven't done any with the live audience and I, you know, I love things with live audiences. I just feel like it would be, I don't know, getting the live feel of the, you know, watching, you know, crazy. It just feels early internet to me. And to experience that in a live group, I feel like would be interesting and fun, but it would be a different thing. It'd be lame. I'm totally against it. I don't know if it'd be lame. It would just be different than what it is. And I like what it is when it's just like them in the studio with their crew and then they bring in a funny person like a Tim Dillon. And I think Tim Dillon was perfect for that show. Um, And, you know, because he's going to come in, you know, he's going to do his thing. And he's going to put walls up and not try to break character. And then they broke him. Well, you know, the thing is, I think for a live show, I think if you're in the room with people, you want chaos. And I think that's why I love Kill Tony. Because yeah. you never know what you're going to get. You have, it's the same idea. You have a couple of regular hosts and then you have a guest host and then you just have real people. It's almost like a rehearsal live show. Yeah. And uh, the thing I like about your mom's house live is it's internet culture. And we're watching videos and then we're kind of reflecting and, you know, you get a lot of the, the found footage tropes of like, you have no context. Like I felt maybe uh, like I was going to go to hell after laughing hysterically at a man being shot. It wasn't a very graphic video, but the motherfucker was like, get off my back. Fuck you, bitch. I'm a fuck you. And he was just like yelling at this dude. You you laughed a lot. The dude, (laughs) there was a calm guy. He just had a Glock. He wasn't aiming it at him. It was, he just had it by his side. And that dude would not get out of his face. And he was just like, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to send you lost. Well, I'm going to beat you. And he just kept getting closer and closer. And the dude shot him one time. The guy dropped to the ground and went, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> It was honestly, it was <laughs> The noise I, he made. But here's the thing. <laughs> he died. Yeah, Tom Segura was like, yeah, he died. And Christina was just like, from a shot to the leg, he's like, I don't think he shot no, him in the leg. <laughs> it was it was straight in the stomach. I thought he was going to say the dick. Dude, like, and that was the other thing of like, don't shoot a guy in the stomach, man. Like, if you're gonna, <laughs> if yeah, you, cool. if like, okay, I'm not trying to engage in a conversation about carry Gun laws violence? and things like that. <laughs> I'm just saying that if you were in a situation and you have a firearm 
and you have decided that you are going to commit to using that firearm yeah. against someone who does not have a firearm, don't shoot them in the stomach. I know. That's a terrible way to die. That's one of the worst. Yeah. And you're going to bleed internally. Oh, which, it's, yeah. it's, it's all bad. Anyway, it was hilarious. So all things forgotten. And I had a conversation with Clark where I'm like, how fucked up is it? I may have, I may have hit a little bit of a vape before this, but I'm like, dude, imagine you get shot on the street. You're probably drunk. You probably had like some girl rejected you at a bar and you're angry. Yeah. And then I don't know, you get tunnel vision on this dude and you're having an argument. He ends up shooting you and you die crying like a little baby on the street. And then your, your last memory on this earth is that a podcast was like riffing on you. <laughs> the thing with these shows is, you know, we've talked about these before, um, you know, and these are, you know, dark web videos. Um, uh, nah, nah. Some of these they are probably Facebook live that just got screen captured. I don't know, man. Like the here's in, you know, the, the last segment they always refer to as the heavy segment. And the the thing with the heavy segment, that's your gross out stuff. It's now, all fat people. It's <laughs> mostly dicks. Yeah. It's mostly dick related. And the guy dying, that didn't make the heavy segment because, you know, you just see a guy. Look, I don't like it. Again, I do not like watching people die. I, I, I really don't <laughs> that's like good it. good to know, dude. I don't like it. And when he said that the guy died, I felt bad because I, I just I don't I it just seems wrong to me to see someone's last moments. Yeah. But again, the, he could be lying. in bad situation. Now, again, Tom tried to paint it in the way of like, you know, this guy was doing bad things. Yeah. And like he deserved to get shot, maybe. But also of like, you know, it, 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 Part of me is like, okay, we're just trying to construct a story to make us feel better. Like, I don't think someone should be judged for a bad, you know, one moment in their life. <laughs> no, of course not. You know, and that's, and, you know, this guy probably, you know, made some decisions and it, it caused his death. Um, yeah, I, I'm not stoked about that stuff, but what are you going to do? But the heavy segment stuff is all related to, I mean, it is brandy, <sighs> sounding, uh, there was a, <laughs> There was one. I mean, look, we've seen a. I have seen a lot of penis mutilation videos in my life. It's just things happen. These were the most brutal. <laughs> There's no question. I the amount of blood. Yeah. Okay. Coming out Let's of the not penises. go too deep into this. Just uh, there's a sewing machine and a pair of high heels. I think were the highlights. The high heel, uh, though the scissors. What about the slug? The scissors. Oh, and the slug. Oh, the, the leech. <laughs> he put a leech in his dick. How, okay. All right. <laughs> And happy birthday, Clark. I'm so glad that we get to talk about people dying and uh, genital mutilation. But my favorite thing, I just want to close with this. My favorite thing is like the one video that creeped Tom and Christina out the most was the one that was fine. Nah. It was the face. It was the uh, facelift surgery where they fold back a person's skin. I don't think Christina was that freaked out. Tom was like this. The worst one was like, no, dude. Again, for the record, <laughs> I uh, was completely on board with Tom. It freaked me out. No, I didn't none have of, any, None of the other ones did. Didn't have a single problem with that whatsoever. Yeah, well, okay. Here's the thing. Uh, high heels doing the things they were doing to that poor man under the board. He's a willing participant. In no world could I ever even relate to that. Yeah. Like, in no world. Having facial reconstruction surgery, I feel like any, anybody, put, like, when we make it big, you know Randy's going under the blade. They're going to be cutting his face off. Randy, they peel the face back and we're poking the eyeballs from the inside. Dude, it freaked me out. Now it's fine with it. No, it was the only thing that haunted me. 
Um, yeah, the bit, no, when you stick hat, when you stick scissors into your dick hole, get (laughs) out of here, dude. Again, we are, we are putting these videos up late on YouTube and I just want to give some, uh, I want to mess up these audio files for YouTube algorithms. So love you, YouTube. Again, we should check in with our snuff film editor correspondent, uh, Oksana in the booth. (laughs) Oksana, what did you think of the, your mom's house? I think all the, the dick violence was way worse than being uh, sedated in a medical facility having a procedure that people get done all the time you know know what freaked me out is that the no because it's like seinfeld with the doctor the the dentist there was no blood in that one okay which is also (laughs) so much blood also the blood (laughs) with the penis blood oh my god that was like that was like jollo red blood <laughs> that was so alarming yeah oh damage it was neon it looked like suspiria um oh god there was one there was one that had uh bedding music of uh, raining blood and the dude uh <laughs> was pleasuring himself after taking a pair of shears down the shaft and uh it started raining blood but can we stop talking about honestly, this now the segment of all the like leg fractures was way harder. I know and I've seen all those because those yeah. I, I feel like I mean potentially maybe could happen I don't have oh yeah I, I don't have the equipment for any of the like sounding stuff to happen to me so <laughs> <laughs> well no you know Tosh.0 forever that show will it ruined me in arm wrestling I will never do it again oh yeah because there are so many compound fractures oh, Dude, my compound God, so fra- will never not be bad uh, like you know Randy there was a video of a guy was he uh was he on a bike? What was he doing? Uh, there was a guy running. And then he lift up his leg and it looked like he had a knee Oh, he cap. was doing BMX. Yeah, he was yeah. doing grinds. Yeah. <sighs> that was bad. Uh, that the, was, guy, the guy running, that was by far the worst. No, the, you know, the kid on the bike, what was terrible about that was you got to experience him. He was very vocal. I broke my leg. Oh, my God. And he's like shaking it around. Oh, man. Terrifying. Yeah, I hated it. Well, I, yeah, again, you know, we're talking about disgusting vile videos, but, you know, I, again, it, it, it harkens back to a, a time that, you know, I think we all certainly, you know, gravitate to. That's why we participate in these things. But the early Internet, man, of like weird things on the thing. I yeah, just yeah. I, it just it just ca- calls me back to freshman year of college. We're in a room and we're watching like filecabby.net and E-bombs World. Now, here's the and, thing. What, what, what uh, I think is most important is I really like that episode because I do like Tim Dillon as a comedian. And I was mostly interested in watching him react. And it was perfect. Because it shook, it would shake people. And you get to like kind of see a, you know, deconstructed version of them. Um, also, to finish my point on that, the face peeling thing, it's because of Seinfeld with the dentist. Where it's like, you know, you go under, you wake up, and you're like, what were you all doing? Well, imagine they're filming a video and poking you in the eye while they peel your face back. Is that, that, is that the Junior <laughs> Mints episode? No, that was the uh, operation one where they dropped the but, junior mint. Yeah. Uh, the dentist one was where they were uh, sleeping. Yeah, 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 he yeah. thought they were having sex on top of him. That's right. Because <laughs> like uh, no. a boob was exposed. So, yeah, the sedation, that that does freak me out. I would never want to be put under for anything. Oh, I want to be put under every time. I want to be put under every time I go Root to canal, bed. put me under. Pull yeah. tooth. I'm going to be awake for this. Dude, every time I'm like, put me under. I, here's the thing. I, I'm 36 today. For at least 20 years, <laughs> since I was a late teen, I've been saying, I was only going to make it to 35. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> and I made it to 36 today. 
So we'll see. So is that a failure or an accomplishment? I just didn't think I was going to make it past 35. So is that a failure or an accomplishment? <laughs> Sometimes I wish. Okay, well, the clock had run out. Before we move away from your birthday celebration, are you going to do anything today to celebrate? I don't know. Kookaburra wings? I mean, I was, I, I want to go see um, Burger? Yajimbo at the Stanford. It's back. Uh, but, you know, maybe can do that tomorrow. If you guys can go tomorrow, we can just go. Yeah, we so we got to turn in that film tomorrow, and then we have a uh, homework for upcoming interview. So we we should try and work that out though. Because I think uh, how long is your Jimbo? It's it's got to be a uh, hour fifty. I knew it. I was going to say shy of two hours, but I would like to go. Oh damn! What? I thought it was. It's shoot. I wish it had the uh, hidden fortress times, but it's at five thirty or ten. The Hidden Fortress times are, in fact, hidden. Anyway, this will have already happened by the time the episode dropped. That's what we're doing. This will all be figured out. All right. Uh, Lynch, let's go. All right. Um, He did come in a little excited. I did. I might have told him it was your birthday. So I think he might have some tricks up his sleeve. Do you have any idea what they might be? No. Can you act excited? I mean, uh, look, I'm all still from uh, Oksana Valeria Novosachi, but uh, his birthday today, you know, let's go with cake. Okay, there we go. Let them eat cake. <laughs> Famous words. They were uh, politically incorrect. Anyway, um, he's the director of Inland Empire, Mulholland Drive, multiple times covered by Criterion. That's why Randy likes him. <laughs> he's got so many Criterion Blu-rays. Oh, Randy, did you see who got into the uh, Criterion closet this week? Oh, uh, Wilco? Wilco. I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, I saw that. Uh, there's like five of them in that little ass closet in New York. <laughs> yeah. It's claustrophobic and gross. <laughs> By the way, uh, more Severance Heller talk later with my review. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> it's related. All right, cool. Well, let's bring them in then. Good morning. It's August 20, 2022, and it's a Saturday. Day one of weekend projects, and the fun work train is rolling. Every now and again, it's nice to describe our fun work train, which is available to us all. Three observation cars, glass domed, seven dining cars (laughs) with great food, treats, drinks, and always hot coffee. Fresh, plus 10 vintage from the 1930s, exquisitely designed and built sleeping cars, dreaming cars, dreaming, plus an unlimited number of work cars. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's a great train. Unlimited. A great train to ride. <laughs> Is this snow piercing? Maybe I'll see you in the dining car before work starts. Oh, am I invited? Everyone, okay. <laughs> have a great day. Thanks, David. I, I don't know why, but this is the first time where I'm, I'm getting some sort of ominous feeling about this work trip. <laughs> he pumped it up for you. He pumped it up, but but then he's like, 
It's an endless number. It's a big train. <laughs> he turned into Trump at the end. Big train, beautiful train. Dude, I, he might be able to hear you. Shut the fuck up about Trump, dude. I don't. I don't know, man. I'm start, Unlimited I'm, work. I'm trains. starting. To, I'm starting to get a little worried about this train. Yeah, it sounds like a like a cult. Yeah, <laughs> dude, the dream car. Yeah, ten of them. Vintage. Dream what the fuck? Car, does, what is a vintage car? dream car? I think he was just riffing for your birthday. Didn't they call them dream cars? I think I think that is the actual uh, Texan nomenclature. Yeah, <laughs> I think it. I think they. I think uh, Amtrak did use dream car. I may be wrong about that. Well, there's ten of them. They're all vintage. He's clearly putting a lot of money into this train. All right. Well, we've clearly put a lot of time and effort into Nathan Fielder's The Rehearsal. Uh, which just wrapped up episode six. Was that the final episode? It's the final. Do you want to do it now? I remember Oksana warned us she's got something. Today. Well, I thought we were saving that till the end. Uh, okay, we could do the Don't end. Don't we do that at the end? It wasn't, it's not a PR one. Okay. So what <laughs> I don't is know it? know what that means. It's a mailbag. <laughs> Female bag. All right, do you want, we want to do that now? Let's get out of the way before All right, so we now. forget. We're doing just it go. Now. So we heard from <laughs> our over the seas, uh, Fan of the show Zombie King. Over the seas? <laughs> Over the seas. <laughs> what the, what's the correct term? Over the overseas. Across the pond might be what yeah, you're looking for. Yeah, there we go. So Zombie King of the Liverpool Horror Club said, Over the seas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about two months behind in my podcast listening. In this world, horror food menu items are a current topic. So when I saw this, I immediately thought of you guys. And it's a picture of a menu featuring the Kebaba Duke. Oh, oh, that's good. That's nice. very good. <laughs> also, the last picture he sent us was of his scrotum. <laughs> I, we saw that on your mom's house, right? Oh, we saw some, yeah. we saw some scrotum. <laughs> and then we also got an email titled, Happy Sixth Anniversary. Wanted to congratulate you all on six years of the podcast with a bit of a movie poster homage with some ghostly elements calling back to aspects of the show. Yes, before you ask, I still did this on my phone. I figured it would hopefully help Clark feel a bit warm and fuzzy after the hypochondriac post. If not, maybe seeing Randy in his own breakout starring role might help. <laughs> oh, baby. This is a visual. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hopefully we'll have the Discord up and we can start loading it up with these <laughs> stupid memes. Can you, can you put it on the screen? Also, is this rich? It is rich. All right. So shout said, out to um, you, bro. Thanks for all the entertainment of festivals and good times over the years. Wait, Rich has done more art for us? Oh, yeah. All right. Richie Poo. <laughs> okay, good end to that you, segment. All right. So, um, again, uh, six year. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Zombie King. Thank you, Rich. And thank you to all of you for listening. And now that wraps up our six year anniversary. Yay. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. Your birthday kind of stole it's, the yeah, shine. Yeah, it was like, I, I think technically it was like August 22nd. Whoa. Wow. How's the 23rd with Grant? I just, I looked it up before. 23rd. There we go. Wow. Oh, is that the day this is going to go up? I think it I is. Think so. Holy. Sh Whoa. Weird. <laughs> good, good timing, Rich. <laughs> All right. Well, the world's going to end. <laughs> Clearly, that's what's going to happen. Indeed. All right. So, Nathan Fielder, the rehearsal. Just uh, renewed for season two. Uh, wrapped up last night on Friday as we're talking to you on Saturday. 
Let's just jump right into it. Uh, what'd you guys think? Oh, you know what? I just realized I got no notes. I'm going in blind, baby. Are, are you, is that a, that's a cue in the parlance of our time? No notes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Great job. No notes. Actually, let's kick it off. Uh, you know, I, for your birthday, it's a big celebration. And uh, I got a little bit of audio for you to get you in the mood. So um, here we go. You ready to hear from Angela? <laughs> What's he laughing at? I don't know. I just saw the, <laughs> the poster. <laughs> Randy, did you see it? I did. Yeah, it's pretty good. Randy. How did he find it? It's in the G-Cat. Have you not seen it? No. Oh, it's very good. I'll go ahead and describe it. Oh, God. Uh, oh. <laughs> Randy. Uh, is the star of Brian De Palma's Phantom of the Pod. <laughs> Very nice artwork there. And then we've got second one here. Six years, five at the start, four left, three movies, two hours, and one creepy. Oh, that's very sweet. Overlooked hour. Oh, we got Ghost and... Oh, this is nice! It's a bunch of Easter eggs. I, I couldn't even see Alright, it's a them. visual bit. So again, <laughs> we'll we'll throw that up in the Discord. Also, I look cool. <laughs> All right, the rehearsal roundup. Now I have a little guest here to talk a little bit. Uh, here's a little bit of a reaction from our good friend Angela. So yeah, um, tonight's the finale for the rehearsal, and I just want to say thank you so much for watching it. Um, it's been really special being a part of it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't know what's going to air, so I can't wait to watch it with y'all. <laughs> All right. If you can't tell, that was the actress that played Angela doing Angela on a live stream. Um, <laughs> My God, it is fucking crazy how this show won. It got renewed and it's popular. And these people who had like kind of weird roles in this strange show are kind of getting tapped by like weird reddit groups oh and yeah so they're all kind of like coming out and what randy shared a text message with us from a uh, robin stone who appeared to be in a group chat and somebody was like it looked oh, like an it, instagram dm or something yeah and i saw another image that looked like there were multiple people in it and one of them was like oh what if uh what if robin had a spinoff with his roommate and it could be called and you know they're making some joke and he was like that'd be cool but he's dead and they're like wait what do you mean He's like, oh, he died in a car crash. What the fuck? Like, but then, but then, pivoted and said, "Yeah, God, God created a way to me for me to get out of that uh, <laughs> tumultuous uh, situation." I was like, "What? By killing your roommate? By killing him? <laughs> was he driving a Scion? That's the most important." Also, thing. it's like it's everything is car wrecks with that guy. <laughs> it's like his only point of reference for anything. Now, again, uh, it is Clark's celebration. I want to make this big. The show's ending, and I am uh, quite emotional about it, shockingly. I'm so invested in it. So last week, I talked about Angela giving a little bit of a reaction on a live stream. I pulled some audio from it. So if you're interested in hearing it, I got Angela talking about the actress we just heard. You want to hear a little bit of that? Short clip. Yay, nay? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, let's go. First of all, I just wanted to say that I really liked the actress who was playing me. Um, side note, she is from Barranquilla, Colombia, the same town as my mother. And I don't know if this was planned. I have no idea. <laughs> but it was a really amazing coincidence. Um, 
if, if that's, if she was telling the truth about that, and I believe she was because of her features and how she looks and how we look alike. Um, she did an amazing job. I was so floored by her performance with Nathan. Um, wow. So kudos to her. She, there's, what do you call that personality she's got? I don't want to say she's oblivious, but she is constantly massaging reality around her yeah. to be most beneficial for her. Yeah. Um, it's called acting. <laughs> okay. So you think she's a fake? I, here's, here's, here's what I know. I know that I don't know. <laughs> okay. And I know that I don't care. Yeah. Okay. Um, Nathan Fielder has created something. It is not. I it is of no concern to me how he did to get what he did, because um, I enjoyed the final product, and I don't think anyone's you know hurt despite what Robin Stone says about <laughs> things. Um, and I think that there's there's so much to unpack in this show, and honestly, there's a lot to unpack in this in this last episode, and I don't know if I got everything that I needed to out of it. Um, cause he, he, he turns pretty sentimental with all mm -hmm. of it. And I don't know if I was prepared to go down that road, to be honest with you. Well, it's sentimental, but it's also like we're four layers deep in a faux reality. Yeah. Cause then, you know, then we, then he starts, you know, role playing as the mother and yeah. Well, um, I mean, uh, okay. So, did you and like the, this one? The stuff with the kids—it's like I, I, it made me more melancholy than the other episodes. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. This one, this one was uh, straight up sad. Well, this was a season finale too. And also, you know, and also, you know, he 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 also wrapped into it of like, hey, this is weird what I'm doing with you know these children. <laughs> of yeah. like, you know, these these are these are, you know, yes, child actors, but he's dealing a. The aforementioned Dr. Farts from last week, um, that kid, he admits in this episode that he, you know, kind of was, you know, had the most kindred spirit with him and liked being around him. And they had a nice bond, but so much so where the kid couldn't separate because he was this was a young kid, five, maybe. Um, uh, he was a six-year-old. Remy, yeah. he was six, but he, I, yeah, he was he was just a kid, and he didn't really understand what acting was. Well, I mean, so I think the important note is that the visuals really matter here, and we open up with uh, Doctor Farts is back, and Nathan's talking about how he realizes he's never thrown him a birthday party. So there's a giant. I again, remember we're living on a farm here. This is like a movie family. So there's a line down the block of all these people who are going to show up, all these extras, which is another one of these, like, it's the, the most unique sense of humor because all these people who are showing up to save a little bit of money. They hired extras, which he mentioned because they're union extras, they can't talk. So it's almost like a silent party. Yeah. And everybody's, there's so many people and it's so jovial, but nobody's talking. Nobody's talking. And, you know, there's this moment where um, Adam goes inside the house and the camera shows him and it's Dr. Farts and it's Remy and he goes in and then uh, Remy's the kid. Yeah. And then uh, older, more obnoxious looking. I'm a little biased already, but uh, you know, Adam comes back out. He's like, Hey dad. And it's, it's jarring. Like it always is. I like that kid though. I don't, you don't like the second. He was sharp, man. This episode broke my damn heart. It was brutal. 
And uh, I watched it twice. I've watched all of these twice, which is crazy. But dude, I've, I've learned from going back on every episode. And one thing when I rewatch this is um, you have different context when Remy, because they show him, he lingers in the party. They even mentioned like he doesn't leave. He won't get out of his Adam clothes. And when he calls him dad, like he, he continues to call him daddy off camera. Yeah. And they're just like, no, you can't do it. Yeah. And, but there's a shot of him inside the house with his face pressed against the window. And he's watching this other actor now take over the birthday party. And it's like, Hey, despite what we learned, that's gotta be fucking weird. Yeah. And I think, you know, Nathan realized that and addressed it and went to the home of the kid. Well, the mom contacted him and said, hey, uh, we have an issue. Well, they showed two moms. The first one, Nathan had to undo all the the Judaism he had taught the kid. And he he got down on his knees and was like, hey, you're a Christian. It's better to be that because I'm going to burn up and die. And and he's like, right? And the mom's like, yep. (laughs) He's like, so be happy you're a Christian. Forget everything I taught you. And then it shows uh, Remy's mom. And uh, the mama doctor farts and she's like, you know, he doesn't have a dad and he goes home and he, he talks about how he wants to hang out with his dad and how he loves his dad. And we just got to like do something. But, and she's like, she's a character. Yeah. She's got that hand tattoo that looks like uh, she's, she's dressed, dressed in like long sleeve and stuff. But I, I imagine she's pretty tatted. Pretty, up. Maybe, you know, uh, got a, got a bit of a party girl vibe. Now, I bring this up because, you know, she's a single mom and um, I love her kid. My God, he's dude. Dr. Farts is the best. Sweet kid. But now think about it. Those those interactions, they felt so poignant and like real, probably because that kid wasn't fucking acting. Probably a terrible actor. Yeah. He was just living his life. But it's a kid. I I get it. Yeah. And that was. But yeah, that's the thing is that, you know, with, with child actors, some no. Some are just naturally charismatic, like Dr. Farts, Remy. Yeah. Um, and you can, you know, work with that. But, you know, there are some kids like the second Adam. He's already it's already <laughs> clicking in his head. Like that's an actor. Yeah, yeah. Because he goes and plays with Remy for an afternoon to try and act like Remy. Oh, dude. Yeah. So that is one of the most interesting scenes. Because so what happens is uh, this kid's having a really hard time disassociating Nathan as his dad. And, you know, they go to the, the house of his mom and where they're living and he's drawn a picture. It's up on the fridge. Now, if you go on Reddit, somebody did a screenshot. You know what? I'll pull it. I'll throw it in the discord of a picture that was in Dr. Fart's room. And it was like punch man versus hurricane guy. Yeah. And it's like the art looked a lot similar to the one on the fridge where he's like, oh, this is me and daddy. When he shows Nathan, when he comes over. I don't, that didn't like break your heart. That was crushing. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's, it's, it, it was, this is the most melancholy episode. Well, except for episode two, the gold digger one, because we kind of touched on this. That was there. also, but this is, it's, it's sadder to me. Um, it's a child. Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> but I mean, so I thought about gold digger in comparison to this one, because it's like, why, why are they melancholy? And I think. Because of that new kid who I don't like. The one who's like, hey, dad, I love you. You're the best dad. And he's hamming it up. He's going to be a fantastic yeah. actor one day. You reminded me of the kid from uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's the type of kid who in 30 years will write a memoir about how Hollywood ruined his life. And it's <laughs> the thing we were talking about with Jeanette McCurdy, where it's like, you know, when you're young, 
and you're working with adults, you think you're an adult and you're on an even playing field. I totally see that with that little kid, especially when Nathan's like, you know, I'm not your daddy. Right. And he's just like, he's like, uh, (laughs) he's like, I'm I'm sorry to break character, but you know that he's like, yeah, I know. He's like, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to professionally insult you. Because that's how you talk to the But he was cool. Adult. Yeah. No, that kid was cool, man. He was down to play ball. I don't know. He was like, you're a great scene partner. I'm like, Dude, I'm telling you, he's out. in it like he's in the industry. That's so that's just how it is. This whole episode, we're dealing with the, the rehearsal, basically being real for somebody. And I think the gold digger, it comes back because the, the one thing I've noticed is that even like the Angela actress that we heard from earlier, all these characters learn somebody but then they become a two-dimensional copy of them. There's never yeah. any individual growth on their part because they can't. That wouldn't be authentic. So in The Gold Digger, when the actor grew because they had that fake growth outside where they were literally digging up gold, it threw the other guy off. And then he had an emotional breakthrough. Yeah. So I think in this one, when Adam was you know a real, or Remy was a real kid, it threw Nathan off. Sure. And I'm like, I'm, oh, dude, it was fucking with me. Um, and God, they brought back that damn scary digital mirror. Now, with the twist. With the twist. And um, so, okay. So the mom, she starts crying. And the whole episode, I thought Nathan was going to cry. He doesn't, he doesn't, quite doesn't cry. <laughs> but the mom, she's having a hard time with it. And uh, I don't know if you guys got it, but it felt like she was kind of into Nathan. The mom? Yeah. You guys didn't see that? No. No, I don't think it was I don't think it was an attraction, but I think she loved what he was providing for Remy. So she I Oksana. If Nathan would have asked her out, would she say no? Uh I mean, I didn't think there was like that kind of chemistry, but I for sure thought like she liked seeing her son have that. Now the reason I think she would totally be down was do you remember when he's like hey where'd you buy that sweater and then she's like oh buckle and he's like oh it's really nice and she gave him a look like oh like oh you're into me and this was just after they, they he was interacting with remy again yeah but now this is what you had talked about earlier he came there with the other little boy on a reconnaissance mission and they were both there doing the the fielder method trying to get inside their head and take all these notes so the minute they get out in the rain, you got he, it. He's like, you got it. And they're, they're like, it was like a mission impossible bit. Yeah. And then they went back and, and then we get into some weird territory where now Nathan is trying to understand how this went wrong with, uh, Remy. Did you like your boy, uh, playing younger Adam running around doing the, I love you daddy. Cause it instantly felt creepy to me is <laughs> the older guy. No, the Very little crazy. kid first. Oh, the little kid. And then, yeah, I, it's just, you know, that's the thing. It's like, just strap in. Yeah. And, you know, Nathan's really good at that. He'll roll with the punches because then clearly your favorite character. The Honestly, I, I think that that's my favorite dynamic of the show is that we're just getting him to be vulnerable. And I don't know if that and I don't I again, I don't know if that was the onset idea of the show when he created this who knows what that idea that's was. what i'm saying how and do it, you pitch a show like this and uh <laughs> i i just think that you know the the depth and the complexity that we got here um 
is is unparalleled. And it's just it's it's great. It's fresh. And uh, it's hilarious. It's heartbreaking. It's, it's heartwarming. Scripted. That's the big thing. I think that there are some boundaries there. And I think that there are some things that is, you know, being constructed sort of cloak and dagger like. Well, we have a good example in this episode, right? So he has a real life dilemma coming uh, with Remy, like kind of imprinting on him like it's his real dad. So in this in the episode, he writes a situation for his for Adam to be uh, bullied by some mean Jewish boys. Yeah, and uh, you know he says like, "Oh, I wanted to have a real life dilemma that I could like coach Adam through a complicated emotional scenario," but it was scripted and hollow in juxtaposition to this actual like like you may have harmed this kid in reality. Yeah, and so do you think he writes a moment like that after seeing? oh, I could use this for the show. Maybe. And I think that there are some elements of that. But do I think that this is a Truman show situation? No, I do not. A lot of people are saying that now. And yes, and people want to know actors, actors, actors. And, you know, um, I'm I'm not getting on the Reddit side of things because I don't do that. But I'm on Twitter. And I think... Oh, much much healthier. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so it's like, it's just investigative, like, People were freaking out because they were like, guys, we finally found the voiceovers that Angela did as a voice actor from X number of years ago. Well, what did she do? Like commercials? It was commercials. And it was a bunch of commercial Uh spots she did. She got a good voice. And I'll tell you this. uh, um, uh, Some people in there, a lot of comments, some people were like, I knew she was an actor. This just solidifies my theory. Some people said that. Yeah. The majority of the people were like, you know what? I don't like her. She's good. (laughs) <laughs> she's a good voice actor. these are good ads and so that's the thing i think that the majority of people are just along for the ride that's yeah, just what i feel like sure. as you should be because who cares well but i think that that what in that but i think that adds to the you know why people are drawn to this because they want to know but we're coming this from you know i think found footage plays a big part in that because like we play that game we've been playing that game for years man Mm -hmm. and you know i think that our sort of um you know entry level for that is sort of sanded down and we're like we just want to take things as they are and um just let it play out and uh, yeah well i mean in that context looking at it as like an in-world camera thing like found footage adjacent, this might be the most complicated ARG like ever because it's literally an alternate reality. The thing, yeah, and, multiple. And I'm glad that the final episode was not a reveal of the cart. No, it wasn't even a reveal of fucking emotion. No, Nathan, I I thought so. After he has this complicated relationship with Remy and his mom, they build a replica of their house. And also, Randy, I know Randy appreciated this. When Nathan is going through their house the first time, he's like, I haven't been uh, exposed to this level of detail before. And he shows like a messy closet. And then there's one moment where he's over by their kitchen sink and he notes a battery just sitting on a countertop. And he's like, the level of detail. (laughs) Ah, I don't think I caught that part. Well, dude, it's like he's staring at it, like almost in awe of like the the canned chaos because he was like, it's so detailed, yet there's no uniform structure. It's like, yeah, it's reality. Yeah. So clearly, yeah. 
So here's another thing. Uh, before we move on, they re they redo the house. He now takes the role of the mom. So he's playing a female. How fucking funny was it when he was walking around her wardrobe? My God, it was hilarious. And he's talking. So we're layers deep. He's got an actor playing six year, nine year old Adam now playing Remy, who was playing three year old or six year old Adam. I, I can't even keep up. We're like four layers deep now. And they have a moment where Nathan is playing the mom of Remy. And they're and he's trying to tell him like I'm like it's not your father. And also the whole exploration of her side of things I thought was eye opening yeah. and uh kind of terrifying. Also, they portrayed her mom in it. And I'm like, okay, here's a character we haven't met the real person of, but now we have an actor representing her. So uh you're on the Twitter side of things. Did you see her grandma, the grandma tweet? No. So uh her name is uh girl taylor she's at girl taylor her name is jt and when the show first started nathan had put up a tweet saying my new show uh, the rehearsal begins tonight on hbo enjoy she uh commented and said my grandson remy's gonna be uh is going to be in this somewhere but which episodes he still recognizes you on tv lol and man that takes a dark turn yeah. when you watch that last one and uh it's crazy because here's a real person reaching out. I mean, it's, at the time this was screenshot, she had 12 likes on this thing. But uh, did she know she was going to be portrayed in the fucking show? Probably not. Anyway, at the end, um, there's a moment that I couldn't tell if Nathan was acting or not, but he, uh, he seems to become a bad scene partner as he says, you know, I'm your dad. And the uh, very professional nine-year-old actor says, you, you mean mom? He's like, no, dad. And it looked like he was going to cry. It looked like, uh, pardon my pun, that he was going to crack. But then, uh, so let's go play. And he stands up and then we get to see his crack. Did yeah. you see that? Mm -mm. Oh, he's got, there was, a, there was a nudity warning on this episode. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, the, no. He stood up and his butt crack his, was showing his, right uh, out. Yeah, his butt <laughs> Yeah, there was a brief nudity warning. I didn't see. I didn't catch the nudity. Dude, I'm warning. telling you, That's this, this show warrants a rewatch every episode for sure. Um, fantastic, man. Oh, I was fighting tears on this one, Randy. Uh, I'm starting to think you're just a uh, cut from a Nathan cloth, dude. You get it? Any emotions? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely you know the most melancholy and sad episode um, of the <sighs> of the series so far. But I mean, I don't know. I don't have a ton. To add, other than what you guys said, I mean, I mostly agree, but um, I don't know. I think it it got to a point to sort of like a, I don't know, a thesis, I guess, of what I had kind of like going on in my head for the last couple episodes, which is like, there isn't really a replacement for reality because there's so much nuance. There's so many factors you can't, even if you're rehearsing and you've like tried to like <laughs> study people and stuff like some shit could go and just throw you completely off and it just completely ruins, you know, the, the event in real life. So, oh, yeah. but in order to get to that, uh, verisimilitude, you have to like create psychological warfare with like yourself and like other people. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to see where it's, where it's going. Well, yeah, I think Angela was, uh, if she's an actress, uh, congratulations because she's the perfect example of like, I've created my own world and it didn't line up with yours. So now I'm out. And um, did you like her little appearance on this one? 
where she does uh, religious math. Yeah. (laughs) That was so complicated. And it's like, if you're making, if you're riffing and you come up with, you know, seven times 70 and, you know, if you forgive somebody that many times and everybody's supposed to be your neighbor, then you have to give yourself uh, forgiveness that many times. And Nathan just deadpan, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Dude, fantastic. I loved it. I'm bummed the show's gone. But uh, I'm I'm ready to get back to the TBR report. And Dr. Farts, man, I love Remy. My God, I love that little boy. He's good. He was so goddamn cute. And like, just, he was, you know, he was the most authentic person on this show. Yeah. I don't think at one point he was ever acting, which is kind of tragic. Dr. Farts. So next season, my prediction is we're going to open up and Nathan is banging tattoo hand. (laughs) Actually, I think Nathan has a real girlfriend, right? I think he's uh, hooked up. Not sure. <laughs> Heard it was Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we've hit an hour. <laughs> I know. We had to do it. Oh, also, I forgot. I had a um, surprise review for you. Again, birthday themed. Fits in with rehearsal. Uh, I found a review of Apocalypto for us. Apocalypto? Yes. I have liked the movie Apocalypto for years, for years and years and years. And the reason why I love the movie Apocalypto is purely because of its cinematography, its message, and just the sheer art and the masterpiece that it is as a movie. It has nothing to do with who directed it. That's not why I fell in love with the movie. (laughs) Thank you, Angela. (laughs) Also, um, if I can remember to use it, I would, I would love to incorporate this new drop I got. Cinematography. <laughs> Cinematography. Her, her affectation is so strange. It's kind of like, I don't know, upspeak, but not. Yeah. It's like a uh, holy upspeak. For sure. <laughs> I found an interesting piece of uh, information about Nathan Fielder. Uh-oh. And his uh, girlfriend and or wife says, Fielder was married to a children's librarian from 2011 until their divorce in 2014. He is erroneously listed as female on his U.S. green card. (laughs) What? (laughs) New information I just found out 10 seconds ago. What the fuck? All right. Well, uh, episode six, he was not erroneously. (laughs) No, not at all. All right. Randy Sol. Yes, sir. Go. <laughs> I don't ever get a uh, a good segue or anything. It's just uh What are you talking about? Open. I give you great segues. <laughs> you say my name and then that's it. This week, Randy, it's his goddamn birthday. Let him give you a bad segue. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> uh I'm going to talk fast as I'm sweating through um my reviews currently. Uh it's very hot. It it Randomly got to about 85, and now it's sunny today, so. Oh, yeah. For our listeners, Randy's air conditioning is going through some, some complications, so. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, that was all pre-show talk. But, uh, yeah, I, I watched a, another movie that I rented from Videodrome, shout out. Uh, a movie called The Coca-Cola Kid from 1985, uh, directed by a Serbian man named Dusan Makaveev. I think yeah. is how you pronounce it. Good job. Wouldn't pronounce it any other way. You directed um, Sweet Movie, uh, oh. which, yeah, I think, 
I saw at Roxy a while ago. It was um, it was banned from I think multiple countries when it came out, as well as another one of his movies. Um, this one is a little more straightforward than Sweet Movie. Um, it has Eric Roberts in the main role. He is essentially oh, he's an ex marine. Hell yeah! From Atlanta, Georgia, and he works for the Coca Cola Company. Uh, his name is Becker, and he is traveling to Australia. The whole thing is filmed in Australia. Um, so he's going there to essentially uh, sell Coca-Cola products, and he finds out that there is sort of like a a dry market in the outback where they um, are not drinking Coca-Cola because there is a guy in this little uh, community that is uh, peddling his own soda. So he goes in and tries to take over, and um, yeah, it's very... Uh, it's very interesting how like Coca-Cola is portrayed in here. They're not portrayed in like a negative light or anything, but apparently they didn't get any consent or knowledge <laughs> from Coca-Cola to make this movie. But the Coca-Cola company was like, well, they depicted us very favorably uh, in the movie. And they're like, it's basically free advertising. So we're just not going to touch it. So I thought that was very interesting that like they spent... Wow. I would assume at least a mill, like making this movie, um, going to Australia and shooting it and getting Eric Roberts. I think this was like his third movie or something. So he probably didn't cost a lot back then, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all shot in Australia and it's basically, it's like a com, it's like a comedy. There's some sort of like rom-com stuff in it. He essentially um, ends up meeting uh, the Coca-Cola, not the Coca-Cola guy, but the uh, the guy who's making his own soda in Australia. He ends up meeting her daughter and then they have like a fling and that like causes troubles too. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's pretty fun. Um, who put it out? Fun City Editions put it out, which is a boutique I'd never heard of before. It is on the Vinegar Syndrome store. Oh, okay. um, yeah, it has a terrible rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And most of the reviews I found are rather negative, but the one person on Rotten Tomatoes, um, it's a review from 85. It's Roger Ebert, and he actually liked it. Oh. Which is interesting. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's, it's good. It's fun. Um, yeah, it's really, like I said, really interesting to see how they just like went full bore with like, there's like big trucks that have like Coca-Cola like signs on them and everything. It's, uh, I don't know, it's fun and very like interesting, um, you know, 80s film. Randy, what's the deal with the mouse? He like carries mouse? like a little like yeah, pet mouse. I don't know. It's it comes up a, a couple times. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> I forgot was, about that part. Was this the Green Mile, dude? It's better than the Green Mile. No, I don't know. Green Mile's good, dude. Dude, that's a good poster. <laughs> he looks freaky. Uh, dude, Eric I, Roberts. Yeah, this is great. I love this. Also, Eric Roberts, come on the show. We didn't get Eric Roberts on here. And we're only going to talk about Human Centipede Part 3. Hell yeah. I'm oh, down. he's in that? Randy, you haven't seen Human Centipede Part 3, dude? Still only seen Part 1. I think 3 is showing at the plaza today, so go, go Wait, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> they would show it. Would they? Probably not that one. Maybe, yeah. I, dude, I don't... People hate that I one. don't know who would... Dude, I know. We had uh, Nick Nordland girl in here. Yeah. Said it was the worst movie ever made. Yeah, I know. I was like, come on, dude. Dude, it's fucking good. Three's good. If it was Dennis Hopper, people would love it. I stand by that. 
<laughs> he kills a man, brings him back to life to <laughs> kill him again. Well, they're also doing a rehearsal, like three layers deep thing, where they're in the movie, watching the movie with actors in the movie. Yeah. Dude, three's good. Eric Roberts has almost 700 actor credits and like 50 of them are in post-production <laughs> this year. He's prolific. Yeah, man. Jesus. My boy ER don't play a ram. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, good pick, man. This looks like another movie I'd order and then never watch because I couldn't talk about it again on the show. But I'd yeah. be like, this is going to be fucking good. Then Clark will be home alone and he'll unwrap it and watch it before you do. <laughs> If I unwrap it, I'll record it. Okay. Oh, please do. do uh, Randy, what else? Uh, yeah, this morning I uh, saw a movie on Mubi.com that just came out, I think, uh, yesterday. Wait, did I hear Mubi? You did. <laughs> it's called Babysitter, not The Babysitter with uh, Bella Thorne or whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I believe this is a French-Canadian film. Uh, where essentially the main character, uh, his name is Cedric. He is an entertainer. Uh, he's an entertainer. He's with some buddies at a, uh, like a wrestling show and they're all very drunk and Cedric, um, assaults a woman oh, like that. Okay. <laughs> it's not like he basically kisses someone on what that is like unwilling. Um, so, you know, it's yeah. not like a. It's not super crazy right up front, but it, and it's played very comedically. Um, but essentially, he goes viral from this uh, thing that happened, and like um, he gets fired from his job for yeah, just basically being a an asshole because um, his company you know just doesn't want to associate with him anymore. So he gets fired, uh, and then he yeah he basically lives at home with his wife, and they just had a kid, and she's going through like postpartum depression or something. And I think she's obviously not very stoked about this video of her <laughs> husband that went viral. So she's very like not into it and not into him. And then, um, she essentially like claims that she's going to go back to work, even though she's on paternity leave, but she just like hangs out at a motel and like bathes and like relaxes. And then, uh, because they have a kid, uh, he hires, he's looking for a babysitter and they hire this, uh, 22 two year old blonde uh, girl babysitter and uh, she kind of you know shakes shakes things up and uh, yeah it's um, Clark you saw greener grass right no actually okay this very much reminded me of a like a, a French greener grass um, the like color palette is like very colorful um, and over almost like oversaturated. Um, at times, but it does, I think they shot it on 35. So it does have a very like warm quality to it. And there are some scenes that like dip a little bit into like horror or genre, just kind of like the way that they shoot it, um, and like low lighting and sort of like the, uh, the zooms and stuff that they do kind of reminded me of like a Strickland, uh, movie at times. Uh, it's very goofy, very bizarre, kind of like an absurdist sort of like a sex comedy. And it's basically uh, so basically, after when he is um, fired from his job, he decides with his brother that he's going to uh, write an apology letter that's going to go in the newspaper that his brother writes for. And then they just have very just dumb conversations about how they're trying to uh, figure out his misogyny. And uh, it's pretty funny. Very goofy, <laughs> but yeah, it's very... Uh, 
don't know, very self-aware. Like the dialogue's pretty good. It's very, there's a lot of like extreme close-ups. Um, it, it, it's kind of quirky, but it wasn't too quirky for me. I love the aesthetics of uh, Peter Strickland. So honestly, that's kind of enough for me. <laughs> I'd, I'd yeah. watch it just based on that. It's not a lot, but there's some scenes where like, I think it it is probably just like the grain and like the warmth of like the film and then like the low lighting um, stuff. So it's definitely in there a little bit, but then there's some like, you know, the complete opposite side of that where it's like super bright and like kind of quirky, but I don't know. It was a cool like mashup of, of genres and uh, yeah, it was fun. What was that called again? Babysitter. Babysitter. It's uh, just under 90, hour 27. Oh, My nice. man. All right. Anything and that's else? That's it for me. I'm going to go wipe the sweat off my forehead. I like I know. It. I can see him glistening. Glistening and listening. Mmm, with Randy Stepp. That's me. <laughs> this week, I just briefly want to talk about the loss that the world all suffered this um, week. It's a, it's a loss that has had a timer on it. We all knew that it was coming. Um, and it's a loss that affects many, many people. However, I think a lot of people weren't there uh, when everything went down. And uh, I'm referring to the fall of one of television's greatest characters, of Saul Goodman. Portrayed by Bob Odenkirk in Better Call Saul and in Breaking Bad. As the sixth and final season of Better Call Saul concluded this past Monday. I just wanted to bring this up because I am truly... The only person I know that have wa- has watched this entire show. Really? I don't know if anyone else has watched this show. I thought it was like critically acclaimed. It and is. People like- I don't know anyone who's watching it. Okay. Yeah, I gave um, up like two seasons in. Yeah. I love the show. It's a great show. Um, and it was a great show from top to bottom. And how they handled this last season was great. How they handled uh, the finale was great. Um, and I think they put a nice little button on everything and they, the reason why I like television a lot and will always love television is because I love characters and we have more time in television and we have more time to explore these characters and no one does that better than Peter Gould and, um, Vince Gilligan and the team over there, uh, responsible for, for, you know, this and Breaking Bad. And we really got to break down the character of Saul Goodman and see the different iterations and the sort of inspirations and how they closed out the story was beautiful. And, uh, you know, um, he's in prison and how they did that was perfect. Um, Where it's, we get to a point there in the finale where, you know, Saul finally got caught after being on the run for a while. And he's in court and he is uh, fighting for his freedom and is cutting deals. And uh, they got him just on paper uh, in prison for 170 years plus life. Damn. He got them down to seven years. (laughs) Then he admits everything and got 87 years in prison because he finally did the right thing. And the way of how they painted that of like they use a lot of flashbacks in, in the uh, in the in the last few episodes. And they indicate the time change by black and white. So if it is 
current day, it's in black and white mm-hmm. um, until he gets caught. And then it goes back to color. And um, there are some flashbacks. They, they bring back Pinkman. They bring back Walter White. Oh, flashback, but like new footage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very they, different. They bring back. And also there is a, a very famous scene within the history of the show where Mike Herman Trout, who plays a big part in the yeah. show, he and Saul Goodman are out in the desert for days on end with $6 million in bags and they're in the desert and they're trying to get back and they recreate that episode, but they, they kind of talk about regrets and this whole episode is about regrets and how, um, in these flashbacks, Saul shows the only regrets he had is like, he could have made more money in this situation yeah, yeah. and it's all about money. But at the end he, you know, it's, it's all about Kim at the end and just how they did it was, was, uh, very nice. And, uh, was great for the story and you know it, it it matches to everything that they had been culminating to and uh it's just it was a great finale and a great show and i wish that people do pick it up because i i feel like you know breaking bad really had a second life after um yeah it aired and a really a lot of people started to pick it up and and i hope this happens for uh better call Saul because it, it really is really is a, a great show and sure you know we we get into some sort of you know, parallels with Breaking Bad with the whole drug cartel thing is we do kind of lean more heavily into the cartel in the last few seasons. Uh, but it's always, you know, centered around the legal drama and centered around Saul Goodman and all these characters that uh, we've grown to know and love over the years. So uh, sad to see the show go, but uh, glad that I hung in there the whole way through. Well, I'll pick it up when they announce the movie. Better call Saul behind bars. I think I think we're truly done. You know, it's because you know Giancarlo Esposito played a big part. You know, as um, um, you know, the guy. Okay, Gus Fring, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chicken Man, and uh, you know all these characters that had you know carried over over a decade. They've been playing these characters yeah. now, and uh, you know, I, I, it's uh, it's great. I and uh, there's gonna be a movie. I I don't know. I think I think they're done. I think they're <laughs> they ready made to a move Sopranos on. movie. They already did they a Breaking did. Bad movie on Netflix. Bad. They did. Yeah, but that's why I'm saying Better Call Saul behind bars. Insert. I want to talk about a film that I watched last night. Now, Randy, did you watch this yesterday too? Yeah, I watched it uh, last night as well. New film. On Shutter, I think it dropped yesterday. Uh, someone correct me if I'm wrong there, but I dropped on Shutter. Film is titled "Glorious" from director Rebecca McKendry. Now, if you listen to this show, six years, happy six year anniversary! <laughs> uh, during that entire six year run, Russell Fisher has been very clear about his viewpoints on <laughs> Rebecca McKendry. Well, it's kind of like when you listen to a podcast, you have a favorite or a least favorite. She just came off kind of inauthentic to me. Just like I'm sure everybody who listens to this show thinks Randy is the most inauthentic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe this is, so she had, she had done prior work, but I think this is her first feature film. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, starring uh jason stackhouse nope wait looking it up i guess she did all the creatures were oh i guess that's part of a thing psycho granny 
Was it a short or was that a feature? One, uh, that is an hour and 26 minutes. Okay. So, yeah. so our second feature. Um, with Ryan Quatton. I, I can't ever pronounce his last name, but uh, he played Jason Stackhouse in True Blood. Um, Suki Stackhouse's brother. And then also we got J.K. Simmons and then a couple other people, and that's pretty much it. Also, we have J.K. Simmons, but we have the voice of J.K. Simmons as he plays an ancient god that occupies a bathroom stall (laughs) in a rest stop somewhere off a rural road. I'm into that. Um, Here's what I'll say. As far as the story goes, a lot of fun. A lot of... You know me. I love a story where we've got limited spaces. We're essentially in one location for the majority of the movie, and that is a road stop bathroom. Cool. Um, And, you know, it's one of those, you you had a little park there, and uh, our lead character goes into the bathroom. He is in the stall as he has had a rough night before from drinking as you know, he's, he's uh, suffered a, uh, a loss in his life. And, um, he hears a voice in coming from the next stall. Uh, that is the unmistakable timbre of one JK Simmons. Uh, but as we learn is not a human man. Uh, it's an ancient God. And, uh, he has come to earth as he needs help from this particular man. And we learn throughout the film of what this ancient uh, God is requesting. Um, Look, there's some fun here. Um, And the reason why I I watched this movie, I runtime had a big part in that uh, as we're looking at an hour and 17 minutes. Uh, We get off to the races pretty quickly. Um, There's fun to be had here. Um, Russ, we're, we're dealing uh, Cthulhu is a big uh, sort of, yeah, part the, here the tentacles on the poster kind yes. of cued me in. Yeah, we're we're dealing with that. However, um, you know, if you are a a historian or a you know a l- ancient literary savant, uh, I believe you will find some plot holes here uh, <laughs> with sort of the Grecian, uh, you know, I have no idea <laughs> mythology. Yes, th- thank you. I think I think they're mixing their their mythology here. That's fine. I'm um, that. It's a it's a little over, but it's it's interesting, and the effects are. Part of me is like you know, like they did not make this for a whole lot of money, and for what they did for you know, I, and I'm not sure what the amount of money was, uh, but it's 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 still not bad. There is a lot of fake blood. Uh, they go, they go hard with the blood here. Um, and th- there's some fun, um, just overall, it's pretty meh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. Um, I, I just didn't connect to really what we were doing here and the whole purpose of that and we, it kind of leaves us on a melancholy note which um you know I was glad that we went in that route and we didn't go into the everybody's happy everybody's fine ending mm-hmm. um just a couple things my main thing there is the voice of I had to, I just had some casting 
issues here. I just don't know if like <laughs> J.K. Simmons was the voice that, for whatever reason, that 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 stuck a crawl in me. Um, he's he's playing very calm throughout most of it, and you know, naturally he. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. Randy, do you know what I'm trying to say here? I just feel like. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, what did yeah, you like? It, uh, overall, I'm, I think I'm pretty much the same as you. Like, I think it was like between the, uh, some of the special effects or visual effects that were like a little goofy and the movie just being like kind of a little too silly for me. Like, when it got really gross for like a good 10, 15 minutes, I was pretty into it. But yeah, I don't know. The, obviously, you know, really like J.K. Simmons and think he has a, you know, a voice that you could definitely uh, recognize. But yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't mind it in this, but I, I kind of see what you're saying. Like, I, I don't know who might work better, but I don't know. There is something there that like maybe it could be a little uh, I don't know, more it, menacing or something. My whole thing is like, if, if you're going to choose someone to play a titan or an ancient god, as he referred to himself, then maybe you shouldn't choose the yellow Eminem to be the voice of that. <laughs> I, you know, that's all I'm saying. I think there, you know, again, we were talking about like affectation with like Angela and how you can deliver a lot of character through just the way you say a line. I think his voice is very articulate and he gives off almost like a Morgan Freeman, like intelligence. Yes. Which uh, none of that is sinister to me. But I, he's been the voice of an Eminem, the dumb Eminem, oh no, for 20 it. years. That's a fair point. But, like, you can also, like, like get a Keith David in there, maybe, like, a Kim Coates. Like, somebody with a little bit of edge Tony in there. Tony Todd? Uh, yeah, Tony Todd, why he'd not? Do it for, <laughs> he'd do it for uh, craft <laughs> services. The problem with Tony Todd is he hams it up too much. He's like, I am an ancient god. That's you know, true. it's like, all right. It'd be, a different, it'd be a way <laughs> different movie. Because, like, they look, they try to go for... The script here, again, I'm a fan of the world that we created here, and I was willing to go wherever we wanted to go. Now, I knew that we're everything, look, even though that we are dealing with the universe here, it's still limited in where we can go in this universe. And I pretty much called the ending because there's, I just, there's not a whole lot of different directions we could go. Right, Randy? Like, you kind of know we were heading in that direction. Yeah, Definitely. And I, the humor here, Russ, that I think that was probably one of the bigger challenges for me. Too winky. Um, it just, it just wasn't funny. Yeah, I get it. Um, comedy is a tough thing to do, dude. But it, it, look, I think that the, of them trying to, you know, cut curtain, you know, cut some tension there with some laughs, like the intense, great. And I, it, like the rhythm and everything, I, the, you know, I have an appreciation for the effort here, but the execution <laughs> and, you know, naturally we come over. Look again, this is a solid three stars um, for me. I, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever rewatch this, mm -hmm. um, but there were some, some things that I enjoyed here um, with this. I, I don't think this is going to reconstruct your vision <laughs> on Rebecca McKendry. Um, so, you know, you can probably stay away here. But again, it's a it's it's hour seventeen. Yeah, I like a diorama. I like it when they're stuck. I do like it when they're stuck. I really do. Yeah, me too. And, and they explore <laughs> that. It's again, there's some good things. It's here, an right interesting here. thing for a writer to work around. Yeah. So like, yeah. Um, you got any more to add on that, or 
the supporting cast also suffers a little bit here. <laughs> um, I the 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 love interest, yeah, yeah, didn't didn't really buy that. Um, yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, no, man, this was uh, yeah. It, unless you you know have vitriol for for this uh, very nice woman. Like Russell Fisher. You're talking about the director or a character? Rebecca McIndry. I got no vitriol for her. Oh, you got vitriol. Hey, she follows us on the Uff account. You have a dartboard in your room. Nah. Don't talk about that. Or you you doctor farts her at night. No, I got a life-size cutout. I make it sleep in between me and Oksana. <laughs> She's glaring at me. Uh, you know, we need to get a camera. <laughs> anyway, talking about three-star movies. What you got? I got a movie that I wouldn't rate three stars, but I think you need to revamp your review and be like, it's boring and uh, give it a skip. I was not bored. I know. But did you did you have to like sit down and think about what you watch? And you're like, oh, yeah, I watched that movie last night. No, I just mm, (laughs) my biggest problem is is what is uh, I don't want to spoil it. Okay, that's fine. Then uh, are you going to watch it? Let me get into a movie that right, I, will. I shouldn't spoil it. Right? No, Randy? no, don't spoil it. Um, but I will spoil a movie next. I uh, everybody knows on this show. If you're going to make a two dimensional replica of me, you would have to include my deep and pervasive love for Idris Elba. I do love him. He is fantastic. Of course. What uh, my real love is, my main love, my main cinematic love. Is CG animals. So when I heard that they were going to be together in a movie called Beast, Ooh, oh, I no, couldn't fucking nothing, wait. Nothing turns you on like Stringer Bell and CG. <laughs> and when they tumble in the dry desert of Africa, oh man, it gets me hard. Now, don't we have a Charlotte Copley in here as well? Uh, yep. Excuse me? I, you know we how do. I am with actors. Dad. Okay, thank you, Randy. This is why we have producers on the show. <laughs> anyway, a father and his two teenage daughters find themselves hunted by a massive rogue lion intent on proving that the Savannah has but one apex predator. Also, uh, Russell, you met Charlotte Oko. I did? Well, you didn't meet him, but you were in the same room with him. Oh, yeah. He was oh, in the yeah. Free okay. fire. Yeah. Oh, weird. Okay. Um, yeah, shout out. Shout out, Charlotte. Uh, if you had an easier name, I might remember you. Um, anyway, he was good in the movie. He's, he plays the white guy. I like him. And uh, he is. He plays the white oh, guy. Oh, man. There's a reveal with him that made me fucking cringe. Also, uh, this movie was co written by Chekhov, apparently, because he uh, appears <laughs> in every aspect of this movie Chekhov's photograph, Chekhov's every. What else? There's, uh, I don't know, um, Pride, Chekhov's School. Che- Dude, everything is a callback. In Chekhov's Gun? You know, you would think so. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, you know, you just... Actually, my favorite um, was uh, Chekhov's internet search of what an anti-poacher was. Ooh. Which is, uh, spoiler alert, what our boy Charlto turns out to be. In one of the greatest quotes that also uh, acts as a reveal ever. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, so this movie, um, we got a single dad here. There's uh, trouble in paradise. His daughters just don't really respect him, even though he's a wealthy doctor. And he's rekindling. How old are his daughters? Oh, uh, I don't know. Teenage and preteen. Why don't they respect him? Uh, because, well, here's the thing. We learn it later on. 
his wife had died um, mm -hmm. and he, they had been separated for a year prior. Now, everybody mentions in this movie how they had thought they would be back together at some point, but she had died and he wasn't around and the daughters missed him. So his oldest daughter um, is a photographer and uh, uh, our white character really takes a liking to the art and it's just like talks to her about framing and everything. She's like, wow, you've taken more interest in five minutes than my dad has in five years. And he's like, that ain't true. It's one of these movies. Let me tell you, I'll start with the things I like. The sets are fantastic. We go to this weird little... So we're in Africa, and uh, we're in the village that uh, Idris Elba's wife grew up in. So there's a lot of sentiment. We're kind of like learning about her through where she used to live. Well, his buddy, the white guy, lives in the old house they had. And this is a fantastic, like, robin caruso kind of like there's a tree in the middle of their backyard where the house is kind of built around it everything looks like it was built by the rehearsal team like it looks lived in fleshed out everything looks like they have money which when you see the place they're walking through you're like how are you not getting robbed all the time <laughs> anyway very very uh blockbuster-esque like it, there, it looks like there's some money in here um, well, what we're going to do is uh, the family's going to go out on a run to check out a Pride Alliance and maybe take some pictures and, you know, have a good little time. While on the road, uh, the tween daughter starts talking about uh, poachers and like, oh, it comes up in conversation. You know, they, they monitor the lions to make sure that they're not being eliminated. Um, funny enough, we open the movie with a very prey-like moment where a group of poachers is eliminating a pride alliance. Problem is, they didn't get them all. Now, uh, what I got wrong, and what Oksana told me she had learned from the documentary called The Lion King, provided by Disney, is that the females are the hunters of the tribe, and the males protect the pride. Mm -hmm. um, well, they, didn't, they let one of the males go, and he's taken to hunting. Mm. He's going to prove everybody who the apex predator is. Hell yeah. Unfortunately, he didn't know Idris Elba was flying to town. <laughs> Here's the thing. The CG lions. Couldn't this dude have worked on prey? They looked great. They looked really good. They look CG, but like I'm better than the bear. Dude, they look good. Like there's a lot of people interacting with CG lions and you're looking at him. You're like, holy shit, man. Technology can really flex. any any real lions. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, don't that, so. no. I don't think so. But like, if there were, I, if they were in the background, uh, they could have fooled me. They look good. Um, and they were the end of the compliments for me. Uh, the movie was fun. I'll tell you that. I am not complaining and I'm not trying to tell anybody to not watch this movie. But if you're, if you're the type who, when you're watching fucking Angelia Jolie in uh, Tomb Raider, punch that t uh, shark in the face and you just, got an erection watch this movie because we go down the road and it turns into a slasher uh we see a, a jeep on the side of the road that there are vultures picking from a body and uh the dialogue kind of hints that those were poachers and they're uh they're gone they're being poached they're being uh eaten by these birds of prey we drive up to a town and Ooh, uh, harley quinn our token white character our token white character uh, wants to just pop in and say hi and, you know, let the girls walk around. And they said, be respectful. Remember, there was a great moment there where he's like, now, remember, people live here. Like, I know you're from America and like they're from New York. Or, you know, you know how they are. And he's like, now, if you want to take pictures, ask people like this is their lives. Right. 
well, great setup for a ghost town. Nobody's there. And they're like, well, what the fuck happened? Now we know because the audience is smart. We're like, this lion came in here and fucked him up. Uh, spoiler, he did. And apparently they're all in a building having an orgy and he murdered all of them. Ooh. We get a little bit of uh, bodies. We get to see some dead bodies. Uh, is this a- R or PG-13? Actually, can you look that up? I would imagine it's R now that I've seen R. it. It's R. And um, so we, we get we get a little uh, we get a little bloody. And, you know, unfortunately, the girls also see a dead body next to a dead horse, which honestly, the tableau was kind of shocking. Um, anyway, they have to sound an alarm. Uh, our, our token white character who I refuse to call by name. Charlotte. is like, I have to drive forward a little bit. Like it, there are people missing and we have to alert people. So they jump in the car. There's a dude on the road who's bloodied. Uh, turns out he was bait for a lion attack. Mm. Uh, we get some CG crocodiles. Um, the lion is from that point on, it's an assault and it turns into a one location film for a minute as they're trapped in a car. Uh, this film is fucking wild. I don't know if I want to go beat by beat on it. And I feel like I'm at that pace right now. That's all right. Uh, I'll just, I'll skip ahead to the climax. Um, after a long cat and mouse with this lion, which also I have to, I have to point out how stupid this fucking lion is. You know, the one thing that every movie has taught us is that you can't hide from animals because they can smell you, right? Apparently, this lion just it needed nasal reconstruction or something. Well, maybe he had COVID. Dude, maybe it had COVID. Uh, Idris Elba was literally hiding in a tree that was uh, in a little bit of water. The lion's waiting out there looking for him. Uh, while up on the branch, a snake appears. This is already Clark's favorite. Uh, mm. scenario in life. CG snake? CG snake. Yep. Probably the worst looking animal in this movie. God, they can't get CG snakes right, dude. Um, well, very tense moment. They're looking at each other, right? Adam and the snake. They're in the garden. God's coming for him in the form of an undead lion. And the snake bites at him. He grabs it by the neck. He throws it down on the lion and the lion freaks out in a comical way and runs away. It almost goes like, ooh, and like bounds off. <laughs> it was hilarious. Wait, Randy, did you, you watch this movie? Oh, yeah, I saw it. Thursday night, baby. (laughs) Fuck yeah. I basically only went because, A, I have AMC Stubbs A-list, so it was basically free. And B, my HVAC has been out for five days. All right, Randy, what was better, uh, watching Idris Elba fight for the title of King of Africa or uh, boiling in your hellhouse? Boiling in my house. Oh, really? You hated it? I gave it a two. I well, first of all, I also Ooh. got sleepy towards the beginning of the movie. Yeah, because you were in which, air conditioning. <laughs> true, and um, so you know, once once that happens, you already you know kind of lose a little bit of uh, engagement with the movie. But I don't know. I didn't really care about anything that was happening. It is a little better looking than Prey, but mostly because the camera moves a lot, or it's in darkness a lot of the times, or that's. I the lion is kind of like in the background. It's not as like foregrounded. Yeah. So they find ways to, you know, kind of work around it. But D- I don't know. I just couldn't care about anything really that was happening. Thank you for bringing up the camera work because I want to complain. <laughs> this camera was so hyperactive. And if you've listened to the show, you know, I love it. I love Italian horror cinema and they and or even French New Wave. They got a busy camera, lots of zooms, lots of pans. Shit's happening. And it's all in camera. This movie, everything felt like it was a tracking shot and the acting was not carrying it. 
So, you know, here's the argument. If you edit a lot in a movie, you can diffuse real emotion and it can kill your film. That would otherwise be fantastic. So the reverse is if you have great actors who are almost performing like on stage, just keep it on them. Don't edit. Let them bring you through an emotional ride. We did the long camera takes all the fucking time. It's almost like rope. This movie's made out of 15 minute scenes uh, stitched together. None of them warranted it. Not a single one. And Idris Elba, I, I'm, I'm not joking. I do really love him. He's a great actor. I love seeing right. him on scale. Yeah. On scale. Uh, also, you know, smoking hot and cats, dude. Dude. Uh, yeah. Best <laughs> part of cats. Put the buttholes back. Ooh. And uh, in this film, he's just, it's one of those things where there's no connection with any actors. So it just feels like people are acting on their own level next to each other. Like everybody's in their own little world. Nobody's doing terrible. It just has all the harm hallmarks of like a studio film that didn't have any real love injected into it. Nobody really cared here. And yeah. it's probably because they were acting against a bunch of CG bullshit. Anyway, I do want to mention that uh, while they're trapped in the car, a bunch of poachers show up and it's like, oh, they're doing a kind of interesting bad guys are going to save them thing. And you almost thought you would get into the conversation about how big game hunting actually prevents a lot of animal death or something. We don't. And when they pull out the token white guy who I refuse to name, Charlto, they say, wait a minute, it's an anti-poacher. <laughs> and I wanted to fucking bang my head on a wall. It was yeah. the most- He killed three of my men. He's like, he's been murdering our people. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I fucking hate you. So he doesn't die by the lion? The li- hey, I will tell you this. There's a lot of dino damage. Call back to uh, the toys I grew up playing with in the 90s where you could get a raptor and like rip a little chunk of meat off. Yeah. Dude, they dino damage the shit out of people Damn. in this movie where people just get clawed up, but it's all kind of superficial in the end. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's interesting. Like if Idris Elba had a uh, toy, I would like to get the one where he is mauled by a lion as uh, I'll go ahead. And I warned you the climax of this movie is Idris Elba with a knife in a wide open span of <laughs> desert going head to head with the lion who at this point had survived being tranquilized for some reason didn't work on him probably because he's undead. He's been blown up in a car. (laughs) He's been shot at and he's burnt and pissed. And uh, this pussy's out for revenge and they have a struggle for who is the dominant one in Africa. And um, if you're into that type of thing, it was it. There's a lot of it. So, you know, look, I think that it's a longstanding tradition to <laughs> display man versus beast okay in cinema right yeah, yeah and i don't think that we have done that better since jaws or before jaws you can make our you know I, i'm sure you know and again you know this is not a territory that i am uh <laughs> terribly an expert in but i you know i this is a pretty safe argument yeah yeah jaws was a game changer in that and Jaws was a game changer in cinema in, in general. So, and naturally, like with Cruel Jaws and things, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, what was the movie we were talking about where it, it clearly mirrored Jaws? Oh, uh, Nope. Yeah, Nope. Like, Nope, you, there's clear things. And, you know, it, it infinite number of movies, you know, because it's a formula that works. Yep. Do we mirror that at all? I think the um, underlying message is different. Because I, you know, one of my favorite things is taking films like this a little too seriously. And I don't think they were going for like who's in control or like man over beast. I honestly, 
because they actually do a pretty good job of like Africa, the wild Africa and how we are visitors. And I thought that was kind of important with the, Hey, you know, people live here, like be respectful. I think this movie was about being a father and the lion narrative was more about how his family was stolen from him. And now he's belligerent where this guy didn't lose his family. So he's kind of still taking them for granted. But he's fighting for them. But he's fighting for him now. So the lion's downfall is kind of Idris's uh, rebirth. It doesn't work. <laughs> it really doesn't. Mm. It's stupid. And we end the movie with him on a, in like a full body cast in a hospital in New... Dude. Yeah. I don't know. Also, <laughs> I, I, I will be the one that spoils it. Charlotte Copley does die. I also oh, can't pronounce he, his name. He has and nobody cares. No, nobody cares. <laughs> of course he has to die. Well, they had an opportunity to leave, but like Idris was like, I can't leave him. Like he's alive. And, you know, uh, Sharto was just like, I'm the bait. Don't come for me. And he's like, I got to go for you again. Like valuing this clearly superficial relationship that Randy just pointed out over his daughter's lives. So weren't they, was, wasn't he their uncle or something? I could have sworn they called him uncle. Yeah. I, yeah, he had a good relationship with their mom and like was the, friends. The, he was the one who introduced him to the mom. Yeah. In like Aww, college or so whatever. Sweet. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> his character's name is Martin Battles. Oh, my what brother. The hell? <laughs> my brother Battles, baby. Yeah, I, again, if you're looking, it does have a very summer vibe though, like Jaws. It did feel like, like we're on vacation, yeah. family time, it's hot. Ooh, um, that was great. Uh, if it, you if you're looking for a fun summer movie though, don't fuck with this. Go watch Fall. But that, is, is Charlotte Copley? He does. He's not the Quint. Oh, I don't know. He he's the plot device, pretty much. He's not like an Ahab. No, because you know they ruin that. So uh, in the beginning, he kind of feels like an altruist, like oh, I'm just here to monitor lions and shit. But then you find out he's an anti poacher, yeah. which not only is a dumb thing to say. But it also makes him kind of like corrupt yeah. because now he's killing people, Yeah, which I think in the movie they were trying to um, have the tween daughter be like, oh, he's doing something where my dad's just a lame ass doctor. Oh, well, you know, who, who are the real cannibals here? Okay, exactly. Um, again, if you're looking for some, uh, what did the Beach Boys say? Fun in the summer sun or some shit. Sure. Uh, go watch Fall. It's superior. Help me, Rhonda. <laughs> also when it comes to eggs I'm an anti-poacher dude that was good you don't mean I that I do like a poached egg I'm I was about to say poached eggs poached eggs that is for a while that was my definition of luxury oh. was a poached egg you get you get a perfectly poached egg now also I've heard Randy in certain circles that you don't have to cook it with the vinegar uh, so I, I, I hear both things, but because I used to poach eggs for a little while, you get a pop it. I tried it once with the vinegar. It was disgusting. It just, it was all vinegar. I love a poached egg. Oh shit. I just remembered. Well, we you, had, you just put a little, you just put a little kiss of vinegar in there. For what? Because Oksana, I don't have the time or the energy to explain food science to oh you right now, dude. Egg tastes gross. All right, I'm gonna. All right, I'm gonna send you a YouTube link. I'm gonna get you to watch my boy Jay Kenji Lopez Alt. I'm never gonna try to make one of those again. Boy Kenji's gonna take care of you. Know, you know what I remembered? Hmm. We have a fucking female bag 
singer. <laughs> Anything else? No, that's it. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you Thursday. Big episode Thursday. It's going to be fun. Don't do that. We haven't recorded it yet. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> hopefully we'll see you on Thursday. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye. <laughs>